Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. And Mark Lawrence is still on vacation posting photographs of delicious meals he and his wife are having. And so that seems like a, a nice way to spend your day. I would enjoy that. Bicycle rides they're taking. So he's enjoying his time off. It's well-deserved and we'll look forward to having him back on Monday. We remind you that on the mile, oh, I should mention that I, with me today again is Steve Kushaloff Thank and our producer know. is Rob Center. Good morning, Steve. Nice to be remembered even though I'm sitting right in front of you, Joe. Well, it's hard for me to forget you, Steve. Well, I know. but then you <laughs> Try, get, though, I might. <laughs> and you get to a certain age, and let's face it, your vision gets a little blurry. Yeah, well, f- f- facts become a little hazy. It's sort of like uh, the Joe Biden syndrome, I call it. We wander around pleasantly muddled and confused. So you want me to call you Joe Biden now? Might as well. Okay, Joe. Oh. Because I'm about as cognitively challenged as he is. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open this morning, open for phones, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, four streets in Sunbury and routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia cars, and they are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And they're a master towing service with decades of experience. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen for your tires. And they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. We have a call to get us started this morning. Billy Allred. Billy, you're on the mark. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Joe. How are you? Fine, thanks. And you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. Hey, I, I spoke with Mark last night. He seemed like he was uh, doing okay on this week off he's had. But he asked me to call in about uh, what happened that I witnessed in, and was a part of in Mifflinburg uh, last night at their school board meeting. Okay. And uh, so I wanted to just give an accounting of that, if that's okay. Last night's Mifflinburg school board meeting. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So the meeting was uh, supposed to be at 7.30 last night. And uh, I I, uh, got there around 7.15. There were about 100 people there so far ready to get in. Uh, They were having it in the auditorium. And uh, because of some of the things that have happened in the last couple weeks, including uh, the school having the police there handing out masks to students from the Mifflinburg Police Department, there was a lot of people there that wanted to voice their opinions about various things. Uh, And... uh, about 10 minutes until the meeting started, so around 7.20 p.m., Wendy McClintock, the board president, came out uh, and said uh, they had a growing concern uh, about having the meeting, and so they were going to postpone it until 8 o'clock. They were going to move it to Zoom, 
and that anyone who was registered already to speak would be allowed to. But, of course, you know, most of those people had decided to come to the meeting in person, and so they would not have been registered to comment. Um, and so there would be no – all those people would not be allowed to attend the meeting. The meeting would be postponed till 8 o'clock. They should go home and get on Zoom if they have computers to do so. And she said that the reason they were doing this is that uh, they had received threats that there was, quote, going to be something. So, of course, that crowd was not very happy about that and uh, uh, began to question it. And uh, they had locked the doors to the school, but uh, at this point, the doors to the school were unlocked. The school resource officers... uh, Dan Lichtel, the superintendent, and Wendy McClintock, the board president, were still standing inside the doors talking. Uh, A few residents were talking, had the doors propped open, and were talking to them through the doors. Um, And a few of us decided this is a public meeting. They're not going to have it without us. They're not going to shut us out like this. And so we put our hands in our pockets, and we walked in the building, and 68 other people followed us. So there were 71 people that showed up into the high school auditorium. The uh, school board never came in the room. They stayed outside in the hallway. They refused to come in and start their meeting at 7.30. Uh, and so when 7.30 came, actually a few minutes after that, when no, when they refused to come in, we uh, had the Pledge of Allegiance and had our own meeting, school board meeting in Mifflinburg. Uh, had obviously we couldn't conduct business we weren't trying to conduct business but we wanted to give all those people who showed up last night uh, to speak an opportunity to speak so uh, in turn people got up came to the microphone and spoke for uh, an hour and a half it lasted there I think about 20 different people that spoke Uh, and the, the board decided to eventually resume their their meeting from a different part of the school or have their meeting, I shouldn't say resume, they actually had their meeting, started their meeting at 8.25, I believe, so almost an hour later, um, and they, was it they on, did was have it, it on was, Zoom. I was going to say, was it on Zoom? Okay. Yes, yeah, they, they did have it on Zoom, um, but, of course... Uh, well, what was the threat, know, that, what was the threat that, that, that they had? They refused to tell us, and no police were ever called. Uh, the school resource officers were just sort of walking around. They, they'd look in our room once in a while and uh, come in and out, but nobody seemed to be in any kind of a tizzy. So I, I personally think the threat is that they've been told, look, if you guys don't start doing your job, we're going to remove you, you know, which isn't a threat to a politician. <laughs> it's not a life or limb threat. It's a, it's a, throw you out of office type of threat well, what, that's what not about, a credible threat to be moving a meeting what about their what aren't they doing that what that's their job i mean if they have a, if they're having a school board meeting they're doing their jobs aren't they well they're not they're not listening to and responding to the public uh they're not uh you know the, the public is parents have sent them a lot of different communications asking questions and i don't, I don't think generally people feel like they've been responsive but as it, public as leaders, elected leaders, did most of the people there want them to defy the governor and and reject the mask mandate? Was that the point of the meeting? 
Um, I would say there were that was definitely on the mind of several people. That wasn't. I wouldn't say that was universal. Okay. There were other people that wanted answers to questions about why police were asked to hand out masks because that was that was another point of contention since the last board meeting uh, is that you know they used this idea of a threat to as a reason to call the police and when I asked a school resource officer at, at an, a different meeting why he called the police after he admitted he was the one who did it. Uh, he said, well, a principal was zip-tied. And I said, our principal was zip-tied? He's like, no, 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 somewhere else in the state. So this this is the climate we're in. So we felt like we needed to have the police here when kids came into school. Well, let me ask you a, a question. You know, you said that the people in the meeting you attended uh, spoke for an hour and a half. Who listened? Uh, the 71 people that were in there, it was all, it's all so on it was, video. it was preaching to the choir, basically. Well, I, I think, um, look, they're, they're having, they came to a school board meeting. It's the school board that didn't show up for their own meeting. You know, it's a, you know, Joe, from being an elected leader yourself, that it's a violation of Sunshine Law to change a meeting at the last minute and shut people out unless you have a clear emergency and in this case the police were never called so there, there's no threat if there was a threat the police would have been called the building would have been evacuated well they the, would, you know under the those new, kinds of things would have happened under the new sunshine laws the new changes to the sunshine laws which i assume uh, i know in your township official i'm assuming your solicitor sent that that memo to you i know our yes. solicitor sent it to us they had to post the agenda on the doors uh, the day before the meeting. So to, had they done that? Had they complied with the new Sunshine Law or made an effort to comply with it? Yes, but that was for a meeting that was supposed to happen at 7.30 live in the auditorium. And when they postponed the meeting, I believe under the my reading of the Sunshine Law is they're only allowed to, to do in a postponement like that in an emergency. And that not, sounds right. You know, and, there's like clear and present danger that's not the exact language but it's similar to that a demonstrable danger to having the meeting is the only reason the meeting can be postponed well, let me and, ask let me ask you this did anyone in the crowd of 70 some people that you say attended the uh, the, the walked in the doors other than that act of um, should i say defiance or that act of uh, you, you can't really be said to be trespassing because no one ordered you out right no, no one came up and said you're, you're, you're trespassing get out of here all right so did anyone in that crowd misbehave did anyone become boisterous or threatening no, not at all. In fact, they even they weren't threatening when we were standing outside. Um, not only did they not become boisterous and threatening, the school had left their sign-up sheet out in the main area where you enter the school. And for the most part, I think everyone signed in to the meeting just as they would have if the board had been present. Well, that, that leads me to the next question. You know, if they signed up and the school board went ahead and had their meeting, do you know, did they call on these people to see if they were there and wished to speak? In other words, knowing that they were not physically in the room, did they at least provide time for the people who had signed up to speak at the meeting that actually took place? I'm not sure exactly, to be honest. Uh, because we were there having our meeting, we couldn't, con we, we couldn't very well connect on Zoom uh, and, and, and participate 
in the meeting that was happening in the auditorium simultaneously. So I don't, I don't know the answer to well, that. Well, who, whose meeting got over first, yours or theirs? Uh, I believe ours did. But by the time I got home and would have gotten on Zoom, their meeting was over as So well. you don't really know what the outcome of that meeting was? No, I, I, I heard some anecdotal, you know, summaries of it uh, or saw them uh, online afterward. Uh, people were it sounded like their meeting was a fairly normal meeting in terms of covering you know how school board meetings are anyway they have an agenda and they follow the agenda there's not there's probably even less discussion at, than there is at a typical uh, supervisors meeting or borough meeting well maybe I'm wrong but it would seem to me that if I filed a complaint against them under the um, the sunshine law they would have to justify to the state why it is they moved the meeting without uh, without uh, proper notice and without uh, um, explaining the justification in detail I mean if nothing well, bad agree, happened <laughs> Yeah, I agree, and I I don't know if they know this, but they're actually personally liable for that. There's a fine included in the Sunshine Law for any public official that participates in a meeting that violates the Sunshine Law. They each have a fine. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I know that someone consulted a lawyer about that this morning. I don't know what the outcome of that will be, but I would say that's being looked into. Okay. Well, I think you've given our... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you you go ahead. I was just going to say that I think the outcome, one of the larger outcomes is that, you know, we have a school board, we have a a superintendent and a a board president in Mifflinburg that have demonstrated over and over again that they don't, they say things that aren't actually true. They, they, They try to coerce people and bully people by telling them they're going to do something or that they can't do something or that they will do something and then not doing it. It's not that much different from what Governor Wolf has done. You know, when you look at his mandates and how many people have won cases against him uh, in the state. Or n- no one has lost that I can tell. A business who refused to shut down, there's been several cases of those. Wolf has withdrawn from every one of those. So, you know, I think the, the board president said you won't be allowed in the building and then stepped aside and we all came in the building. I think this is just, it's, it's more a bullying tactic to try to silence people instead of what, in my mind, the real approach for a public official should be, as long as you can stand here and say it civilly, I'll listen to you. I want to hear what re- the, the feedback the public gives. They deserve a redress of grievances constitutionally, and I'm going to give it to them. Well, as I recall, even the governor was kind enough to hear you out when you went to his house. (laughs) You got a good memory, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, some days I do. Well, you've given our news department something to look into. I I think we certainly need to hear the other side of the story. But, Billy, we thank you for bringing us up to date on what you witnessed last night. And we appreciate your comments, as always. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Joe. Have a Uh, good day. You too. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com if you want to comment on this. We have a caller pending, and we will be back in just a moment. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience 
experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back on board on the mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff. We heard earlier from Billy Allred who attended the Mifflinburg School Board meeting last night and had some issues with the way that was conducted. You're welcome to comment on that or Eric's on the line and he wants to talk about vaccinated versus I assume unvaccinated. Yeah, uh, the uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, so the Pennsylvania Department of Health came out yesterday with statistics of um, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Do you guys happen to pick up on those? Nope. Didn't see that one, Eric. Okay. Uh, take a guess. Uh, new cases. Uh, what percentage of new cases are unvaccinated? I'd say 85%. 94%. Percentage of unvaccinated hospitalizations. Of right. all hospitalizations for uh, COVID, what percentage is unvaccinated? Yeah. 94.1. That's our sister Very station. Close. 95% <laughs> deaths of COVID. Mm. Now, what percent are unvaccinated? I don't know. This isn't a quiz show. Tell us. 97, 97 out of 100 are unvaccinated. Absolutely. It's we had 4,000 4, new people in Pennsylvania diagnosed with COVID yesterday. And people still say they don't believe the vaccine should work. There was a demonstration in front of Geisinger Medical Center yesterday. Channel 16 picked up on it. It looked like maybe 20, 25 people there um, saying that, you know, that they're protesting the fact that they're going to lose their jobs unless they get vaccinated. Well, folks, uh, I'm, I'm personal in this. I'm, I'm, having, I'm being operated on today. Uh, mm. Like procedure. It's not, not life-threatening. But I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be impatient at, at one of the Geisinger hospitals. And I, I appreciate that everyone in that hospital is either vaccinated or started to be vaccinated because it makes me feel safer to go in and get what I need done. It's, why is this different than this, the smallpox vaccine from, from, from back in the day, which actually scarred you, right? I mean, you actually got that you actually were scarred for life from it, but you never heard this protest back then. Why, why don't we have the protests when we had when you guys were well, Joe, when you were younger, uh, for the uh, polio, you know, some of the vaccines back then for the salt vaccine? Why is this such a big issue right now? Well, I was alive during that time, and it wasn't universally accepted. I can tell you that there were people with concerns about it. Okay, to the point where. <laughs> Not, not Look, you know, we can always make the argument the where it was a national issue. We can always make the argument, and this is what it essentially boils down to. This is what's best for you, so you go do it. But if I don't want to do it, don't I have some say in that? Not if you're going to be out and possibly okay. transmit here, that disease well then, to somebody you else, and I've, including my grandkids who are not. You and I've had this discussion back. before, but I, my, my, my obligation to you is if I feel sick, I don't go to work. Yeah, I don't. You don't tell me to stay home because I'm not doing what you want to do 
what you want me to do from a health standpoint that you're concerned about. You're but responsible. Your right you are responsible. When it affecting me. No, That's my freedom. Fine. My freedom is still there. Your freedom is to do what you need to do to protect yourself while allowing me the freedom and, to do what I want to do. And no, I have I done disagree. that. Now, I don't. If you don't want to to then impede upon my freedoms, then you either get vaccinated or you wear a mask or you stay away from. Or people. if you want to impede, don't want to impede my freedoms, you stay home if you're uncomfortable. No, Joe. If you are uncomfortable, <laughs> Joe, with all these mask mandates, then uh, then just go move into your basement. Why should I move into my basement? I'm not sick. You know, I'm not sick. If I were sick, I would stay home. You know, it just occurred to me the other night. You know, we find one grape. We find one grape in a batch of 20,000 grapes, and the whole United States goes out of its mind. Grapes are yanked off the uh, the food shelves. This is a 100-year pandemic. What do you think we're fooling around with? Nobody That's rips all, every grape off the shelf because well, one was Joe, found then, bad. Then your memory is uh, short-sighted. I remember the cranberry scare in 1959. You would have had to have eaten five bushels a day for a year to get matter. cancer. And people went nuts. It just blows me away. I mean... Eric, and I'll let you get back to talking here because you're the caller, but yeah, I saw the front page of the Daily Item today. Big story about the demonstration uh, against Geisinger, the vaccination mandate. Another story about the House Republicans are attacking mandates too. But then in little type was a, said, turn to page three for an article that says COVID cases, deaths back to winter levels. We're, what do you, why are we fooling around with people saying, my freedom is being violated? Because people do have freedoms in this country. You want to say for a woman who wants an abortion, my body, my choice, but you don't want to accord the same thing to somebody who doesn't want for whatever reason to be vaccinated. not going to affect me and my health. It's her own decision. That's that's the the primary truth here, Joe, which you want to ignore. No, I'm not ignoring it. I'm just saying well, that sure the, you are, the basic principle. Because what she's principle, doing to her own body is her own business. But the I basic, don't necessarily agree with it. But it's her her decision to do that is not going to affect me. But the your principle is the same. No, you're 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 missing my you're, you are my miss, you are missing my point, Eric. And I'm going to put you on hold because I'm going to make my point. If someone has the right to determine what happens to their body, if that is their irrefutable right, then that right applies no matter what the circumstances are. If there are limitations to what I can do with my body, then there should be limitations to what you can do with yours. But I'm saying that I can understand the argument. Now, I've been vaccinated, and if I see a sign that says, wear a mask, I wear a mask. That's me personally. But I don't see any reason why I, who take precautions, uh, should be forced to stay at home because you're uncomfortable. Bottom line. But you're not picking the maximum precautions. You're, uh, the people I'm talking about are those who are refusing to get vaccinated. And I'll go to the old argument. Your right to swing your fist ends when it meets my face. Your right to be out unvaccinated ends when you're breathing your, your breath and your unvaccinated, potentially contagious breath into the face of my grandkids. How close am I to breathing this breath into your grandchildren's faces? If your grandchildren, if your grandchildren and, and, and are practicing the of the, if your grandchildren are practicing social distancing, if they're wearing masks, why does what I do affect them? Out of curiosity. What? No, it, it, not you, because you're vaccinated. I appreciate that. No, but that. I'm saying anybody but else. How? If anybody else, if, if your grandchildren are practicing social distancing and they're wearing a mask. How, and how do they practice social distancing in school? Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about school. I'm Which talking about out in the world. To go to. 
Well, yeah, all right. They're required to go to it, but isn't the school and doing what it can? And other kids are required to go to, yes. The school is doing what it can to maintain safety. If and, there's a case, they close the school and they clean it. Those parents of those kids who are going who are unvaccinated have a 95 out of 100% chance, again, more, of, of, of getting the disease and passing it on. Well, what do you do? pass on to their kids because they're not social distancing at home nor wearing masks. All right, well, what do you do about the kids? that kid goes in and passes on to my grandkids. What do you do? Wait, Eric, what do you do about the kids who are under the age of 12? They're not vaccinated. Are they, or do you keep your grandchildren home? Thank you for making my point. But their parents could be. But that's not the point. You're talking about responsibility. (laughs) You're talking about breathing germs into people's faces. If my kids are there at the school and your kids are there at the school and they're under the age of 12 and they're not vaccinated, aren't they at serious risk? Shouldn't they be required to stay home? Well, if we would have the parents vaccinated, we would reduce that risk. That's my point. How do you know they're not? You don't know their responsibility here. You don't know the kids' parents. I'm sorry, we're out of time. But you don't know that the kids' parents aren't vaccinated. You don't know. You're assuming a fact, not an evidence. That's what they would say in the courts. We're going to take a break for the news, and we'll be back with more of On the Mark in WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Feel free to give us a call at 1-800-795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff. And we invite you to participate in our program this morning. Our producer, uh, let's see, what's that guy's name? Uh, do you remember the name of our producer? I don't know, Joe. I'm sitting here reading uh, headlines <laughs> Rob, on I'm only CNN. kidding. Rob Center does a great job every day. And Rob's ready and willing to take your calls. As a matter of fact, we have three lines lit up already uh, with calls that he will be getting to in a moment. And uh, unfortunately, um, the news department had to leave and they didn't leave me headlines so we're not going to have a local newscast at this hour but we'll make up for it next hour by reading twice as much news wait what did you say you're going to make up news headlines i could make something up go ahead (laughs) but on the market sponsored by the sunbury motor company the sunbury motor company is at www.sunburymotors.com uh our toll-free line is open at 1-800-795-9565 email us at on the mark wkok.com on the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street in Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out lots more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, and nitrogen for tires. And they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Find them on the web, as I said, at www.sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials. You can build a Ford, build a Ford car or truck to your specifications. Click on a coupon for the Works Fuel Saver package. The Sunbury Motor Company, write this down, they sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars, and they are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. They're a master towing service with decades of experience. So we have three phone calls lined up, and we're going to get right to them with Rose from Mifflinburg. Good morning, Rose. You're on the mark. 
Yeah, um, the views on Mifflinburg School Board last night, I think it was terrible that a hundred people about showed up to discuss the problems at the school board with this mask and vaccines, and all of our school board members decided that there was a threat. Well, if there was a threat, why were they still in the building? Like, nobody called 911, nothing. Like, our school board members, they're a bunch of cowards. They can't even talk to the taxpayers. We pay, we pay our taxes. We have the right to go in and discuss these problems. Like, these are our kids. Uh, my granddaughter, she went back to school wearing a mask. All she does now is cough. So, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why they couldn't take the time out and talk to us taxpayers. But don't the, doesn't the school board have the responsibility to, to maintain uh, safety? Uh, you know, we don't know what the level of threat was. Maybe it wasn't the level that involved calling police, but for whatever reason, apparently they felt that the meeting was going to degenerate into a uh, pretty bad situation. Well, those hundred people were there, trust me. There was no threat. We were all peaceful. We had nothing, you know, we just wanted to discuss it. There was no threat. No threat whatsoever. Well, maybe Nobody not. started nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, they just did not want to talk to us about this. Well, maybe the threat wasn't from the hundred people who were there to talk. Maybe the threat was from some out, outside group. But but here's my here's my feeling, Rose, and maybe you'll agree or maybe you'll disagree. If they let people in and those people sat down and, and demonstrated that they weren't going to cause any problem, then I can't for the life of me imagine why they wouldn't have gone ahead at 820 with the school board meeting as it originally was scheduled and let everybody have their chance to speak. That doesn't seem right to me. Well, it wasn't right. There there was no outside people there raising cane, you know, nothing whatsoever. Uh, they just did not want to deal with us. They don't want to talk to the families that are concerned about children. If they were so concerned about children, they all would have been sitting up there listening and answering our questions. Well, Nobody was violent. Nobody. Well, but unfortunately, and, and I, I know this from other school districts, these meetings where the topic winds up being mask mandates tend to get a little... Heated. Heated, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Steve, for finishing sure. my sentence for me. Uh, you know, but they don't necessarily become violent. They can become heated, but not. I haven't heard of any of them becoming violent or threatening. Well, no, and they, those school board members, that's their job. They know what their job is when they take that position, and they need to answer the parents' questions. Sure. They need to be there for us. They need to be there for our children. They can't go sit in another room and do their Zoom and not answer our questions. But like, they, they did tell you to questions. go home. We want answers. But they did tell you to go home and get on Zoom, and then they would answer your questions, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but only certain people could get on Zoom. And if you weren't already signed up, you weren't allowed on it. So how does that work? Well, don't they require you to sign up anyway, even when you go to a regular school board meeting? If you want to talk, you have to sign up? 
Well, this this was supposed to be a regular school board meeting, not a Zoom meeting. Oh, okay. This well, was supposed to be a regular meeting, an in-person meeting, and they changed it at the very last minute, and that's just the way it went. I uh, mean, nobody nobody was there to cause a ruckus. Nobody was there. We just wanted answers. I well, mean, we're taxpayers, and we want answers. Well, fair enough. Like yeah. I, ho- I hope you like, get them. That, I mean, I think you deserve answers to your questions. And I think well, what they think they would have been better yeah, off. Yeah. They would have been better off, I think, from a legal standpoint. And I may be wrong in this because I'm not going to practice law without a license, although I've been accused of it. But they would have been better off canceling the meeting uh, and saying that we can't have it at all than moving it to another location and another time. That seems to me to be a violation of the Sunshine Law, as I understand it. Now, I may understand it wrong, but I, that's the way I understand the law. Hey, Rose, thank you for calling. Let us, let us know how, that, how you make out out there, okay? Thank you. Yeah, pay, thank you. Take care. All right, Cindy, you're on the mark from Shemokin Dam. I agree with the previous caller, in fact, and I agree with you, Joe. I believe that this board meeting could be in jeopardy of the Sunshine Law, and if it were true, all the actions they took are negated. All the bills they paid, all the people they hired, whatever action they took would have to be invalidated, and they would have to do it all again. So I don't see the point in uh, conducting the meeting. I agree with you. They should have ended the meeting and made another public announcement. Here's the problem I think they have. They, They are challenged by the issue of being confronted by people who disagree with them. Now, I've been to many school board meetings where that was the case. I went to one meeting where I lived in a community where we were being consolidated into another district and there was an auditorium full of people, many of whom took exception to this plan. And did the board members find that to be disturbing and threatening? Sure they did. Sure they did. I've been to school board meetings and spoken about sports, about spending, all of which provoked people to react in anger, about busing issues. You know, again, people were angry, stood up and spoke and there was clear anger in their voice. But we can't, we can't conduct these meetings in, in secrecy, which is essentially what uh, people seem to be leaning towards. You can't do that. And, you know, in all fairness, while I'm a big techie person and I certainly have computers and the Internet, at the same time there's all this consternation and upset because of the poor Internet access and people with low incomes have limited access. And so they're being excluded from these Zoom meetings, you know, on the face of it because they have neither the Internet access nor the equipment to observe them. Excellent point. I find that all very disturbing. Right. But the, there was an earlier caller who said, why isn't this like smallpox? And I would like to answer that question. Okay. The death rate from COVID is less than 10%. Less than 10%. Does that mean that isn't heartbreaking that those people died? No. It is. In no way am I suggesting that. In no way. But it's less than 10%. The death rate from smallpox... There are several kinds, one kind, 100%. 100%. There's nothing we can do. There are other infectious diseases like that as well. In the second kind of smallpox, it's 50%. 50%. And that, gentlemen, is the difference. That is the difference. Well, that certainly does you know, make a compelling argument for getting the smallpox vaccine. No argument there. 
And theoretically, smallpox has been eliminated through an aggressive vaccination program conducted throughout the world. Even if 100% of Americans were vaccinated, and that's not possible for many reasons, but even if we were, because of these breakthrough infections from the Delta variant, people from anywhere else in the world, and we have adopted a policy now in our country to allow them to flow unfettered across the southern border, will just bring it back. So the theory is that you will eliminate the virus from your community. That's the theory. But it only works if you don't allow anybody with, the var- with uh, COVID in the country after you make it, right? right. And it, that's just not going to happen. That's not going to happen for many reasons, economic reasons. There are humanitarian reasons, people argue. And there's, you know, fundamental criminality. So that's just not going to happen. So somehow, I believe, somehow we have to learn to live with it. We're not going to eliminate it. It's not going to happen. Just like we have never eliminated influenza. Despite a heavy vaccination program, we still see measles. And do you know why measles came to California a few years ago? Because people from the Philippines brought it to Cal. That's public information that came from outside our country. So counterproductive is what I'm aiming at. You're not going to reach 100%. It is counterproductive to attack your neighbors over this issue. Totally counterproductive. It's been shown by people who do studies of motivating change of behavior that that approach just gets people's backs up and then they refuse, where you might have been able to make some kind of argument for them uh, to cooperate. But once you've closed their ears and their mind to you, now you've lost that opportunity. So I once again, as I have done regularly, beg people to stop behaving that way. You are not helping the cause. Thank you, gentlemen. Couldn't agree with you more, Cindy. Thank you so much for your call. As always, we appreciate it. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Joseph, Mike, hang on. we got to take a quick break to stay on schedule. We will be back with more of On the Mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGrandam with Steve Kushaloff, our producer's Rob Center. We have two open lines and we have two callers waiting. Joseph, you're the first of those two. Good morning. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, just, uh, Joe, I want to comment on your comment with Eric there, and I agree with you 100%. You were saying about what's, uh, if it's the woman's right, uh, you know, you brought that up, uh, to have an abortion to murder an unborn child, then don't I have the right not to take a vaccine to put in my body? You understand? 
Yeah, I understand. I said it. <laughs> okay, I know, and I agree with you 100%. But I want to take that a step further. Well, then Eric said um, that that isn't affecting someone else's life. In other words, if you, Joe, don't get the shot, which I don't get the shot because of what the Scripture says, uh, I have a religious reason for that. I have an obedience reason for that with Yahweh. But, uh, hey, I'm not going to go into that right now. But uh, that's my business. It's my body. I understand that. I'm not affecting anyone else. I'm affecting myself. If I get COVID, I get it. If I live, I live. If I die, I die. But it really disgusts me. It, it, it just makes my blood boil to hear someone say, like he said, that that doesn't affect someone else. Get off my back, Jack. Hey, you're murdering an unborn child. So a child, a beautiful child, creating the image of Almighty Yahweh. You're murdering that child. That affects someone else's life. And I had a granddaughter who was born premature, and she's a perfectly normal adult. But why, why didn't we kill her? Because she wasn't meant to come out then. She was just a fetus, you know? But she's a human being, always was a human being from the moment of conception. And, and oh, oh, boy. It, 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 uh, that's, uh, and your, your partner there, Steve, he said the other day, and the inflection in his voice when he said it uh, about uh, terminating a, a pregnancy. And then I said, uh, why doesn't he just come out and say, murder that child in, a, in the womb of a woman? But, oh, you, you wouldn't say that. No, it's because the way are, we word things nowadays. It's newspeak. No, it is it, not newspeak, Joseph. You've got your point of view, and I absolutely... Hey, I know it. you have your point of view. As a liberal <laughs> and as a murderer, you go. You consent to murder. No, no, not, not you so, consent that's a to murder strong. a baby in the womb. Well, see, Joseph, I, that's why I don't even get into these debates. Because, I know you don't want to because no, it's because a fact, and you, you don't want to face use, the fact. You know, you are going to use... Science. That's science, man. science schmine. You use the most both. inflammatory <laughs> language that you else. can. Uh, that, that's a human being in the womb. <laughs> okay, but let me hold, put you on hold here for a second, Joseph. My point wasn't whether abortion is good or bad. We've had that discussion in this program many times, and that's not really the point today. The point is, I don't see how anyone can say that a woman has the absolute right to make a choice for her body and then be unwilling to accord that same right to other people. I'm talking about the hypocrisy of that. If, if, if everybody has an absolute right to determine what happens with their body, then that involves abortion and that involves vaccination. If we're going to put limits on abortion, then I think it's reasonable to put limits on whether or not some doesn't get vaccinated. But, you know, the point is that everybody has to make a choice for themselves. And I think the important thing is that we protect one another. And and I do what's important to me to protect me, and you do what's important to protect you. And we don't just uh, expect everybody else to have some some say in what we do. So, Joseph, I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds. we got three other calls pending. Oh, uh, yeah. And I appreciate that call that uh, the other woman made, Rose. Uh, she, she's a very public, I know her, she's a very uh, uh, caring uh, mother, a grandmother, and her grandchildren going to school, and she, uh, uh, she just uh, is a very concerned person and gets involved in things, and, and they wouldn't let her get involved. And, and it, like she said, they're a bunch of cowards, these Fair people enough. are. Okay. Thank you, Joseph. We appreciate your calls, as always. Thank you very much. 1-800-795-9565. We've got three other calls lined up. Mike, Andy, and Mike. So we're going to start with Mike number one from Bloomsburg. Good morning, Mike. Did I? Hello, Mike. Are you there? Mike from Bloomsburg. Hello. Yeah, something's bad. Something's bad. Well, I hear you now. 
Well, I guess I don't. Okay, all right. Gee, I, I, I must have messed up here somewhere, okay. Andy from Mifflinburg, you're on the mark. Those of you, if, if you were on the line, uh, something happened here when I pressed the button and you got disconnected, I'm sorry, call back. Andy from Mifflinburg, you're on the mark. Yeah, I'd just like to uh, make a few comments about the board meeting in Mifflinburg last night. Go ahead. Um, number one, there's been a very large group of us, some of us active, some of us not active behind the scenes that have been working hard for the past several months to try to bridge the gaps between the community and our school board members and our school administration to work on a variety, a variety of issues that uh, the public is having with the schools. And the way that they went about this last night basically burned every bit of the bridge that we've tried to repair and rebuild. They literally dumped gasoline on it and struck the match. There's many other ways that they could have went about this. Um, you know, they say, okay, we removed to, we're going to go remote and do a Zoom meeting. Uh, most of the people that showed up in person last night come they come there in person because they don't have the ability or they're not tech savvy or whatever to get into the zoom meetings or to log in you know they don't have the the zoom access or, or whatever you need to do it and another thing about that is they literally from 7 30 till you know we were done trying to peacefully get them to allow us to continue to have the meeting in person to when they did the zoom that literally only gave us about maybe 15, 20 minutes to get home, get this ironed out, get logged in. Now, I will say that they told us that they would unmute people that wanted to speak that were signed up. The way it works at a school board meeting is when you go in person, they have the sign-up sheet out front in the hallway, and you can sign up to be able to speak during the public comment portion. You don't have to register way ahead of time in advance as you normally do with a Zoom meeting. Last night, they did say they would open up the public comment to anybody that was written down on those papers that came to speak in person and would allow them to speak during the Zoom meeting. But again, not everybody had the opportunity to be able to go home and do the, Zoom, the whole Zoom process. Another component of this is the whole mandate itself and what they're trying to force on our children is a gigantic smokescreen. We've been in contact with representatives, with lawyers on both ends. The liability to those board members for not upholding that mandate is practically zero. The liability for what they did last night is way greater as far as the legal repercussions that they can that they can receive from that. Well, I think the issue to me is whether or not they had the uh, they conducted a legal meeting based on the way they did it. You know, right. I, I, and, I, I, and I and I don't know those laws. Well, we are working on that. <laughs> I think that I think they're between a rock and a hard place. I mean, I just it, without enumerating what the threat was, without telling you why there was a valid meeting, a reason to move the meeting or do that. I think they they put themselves in a very tenuous position. You know, if, if I'm going to cancel a scheduled meeting or I'm going to move it or I'm going to make some changes which are permitted under emergency situations, then I need to define the emergency. For example, I know as a mayor, if I declare an emergency in my community, I have to write it out and I have to post it in public places that, you know, what it is that made me feel that there was this emergency and what, what I want to do about it. And I think they have the same obligation. Correct. And, and, and to touch base on that, on that threat, okay. Now, and, and they didn't explain how the threats were made, okay, but let's face it. Um, 
pretty much everything's traceable nowadays. I mean, you got emails, you got cell phone numbers, you got caller ID, you know, um, social media apps. It's pretty much all traceable. I mean, we are past the days of what we used to cut letters out of the newspaper articles right. and groom them a piece of paper and mail them anonymously. So if there was a credible threat, why didn't they not seek out the person that made the threat, try to trace it, try to narrow it down? If there was a credible threat, why did they not have law enforcement inside the building with them? They said that they didn't have law enforcement outside because they didn't want to rile up the public that showed up to speak as soon as they got there by seeing the officers. Fine. Have an officer inside with you. If there was a credible threat, they said that the board president was the one that was threatened. Why was she the front line and the superintendent stood behind her? You know, why did they put her out in the forefront of this to be exposed if there was a credible threat? Also, they pulled the entire band team, marching band, off of the fields that were practicing last night and told them that there was a situation in the school. Uh, and a lot of these kids, you know, went home to their parents and told them there was a violent situation at the school and there was an, uh, an uproar and there was threats made, you know, made it seem like there was a bomb threat or a militia had showed up. And we have video content of the entire meeting that we had as a community in that building. And there was not one person that was out of line. There, there were some people that spoke, you know, spoke out of place or right. that were fired up. They were passionate, but not one person acted in a violent manner last night. And the part of it that irritates me is the efforts that went into trying to rebuild this trust with our school board. And they basically spit in our faces last night. Listen, Andy, we're out of time for this segment, but thank you for your comments. I appreciate your call. You sound like a very reasonable guy. Good luck. Thank you. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Mike, I accidentally cut you off earlier. I apologize. You're on the mark from Bloomsburg. Yeah, hey, uh, two things. One, I wanted to mention, uh, Cindy was speaking about the uh, COVID death rate, and she used 10%. And I don't remember it was less than 10%, I think is exactly what she said. But to me, it's you really can't say 10% in the same sentence with COVID death rate. Because if a person's not in a nursing home, the survival rate is about 99.7%, which is nowhere, that's a survival rate, which means 0.3 death rate if you're in a nursing home. And you know, so there's really no comparison to 10%. And the reason I say that is because people hear things and it creates fear. And we have the other side trying to create as much fear as they possibly can in the minds of people for the purpose of dividing us. And I just caught in on the tail end of uh, you guys talking about a school board meeting somewhere. And I only briefly heard the gentleman describe some of the things that transpired. But in my mind, it sounds like the school board people and the administration were essentially doing everything that they can to create fear. Now, I know they had safety in mind, but uh, the, way they, the way this gentleman made it sound like they were communicating, it sounded like they uh, caused more concern and more fear than anything. So that's what I had to say on that. And then the last thing I want to reiterate, I was just watching MSNBC this morning, and Morning Joe was channeling Rachel Maddow, and he was basically telling uh, the Republicans that they're all brainwashed, they're you know basically fools, they don't know what they're doing, he can't understand why they can't see what's going on, and on and on and on. 
And I, I just want to say, I'm speaking for all of my friends that I have known that left countries that were either taken over by communists or in the process of being taken over by communists. It is, it is those friends that have experienced that that are the most concerned out of all of my friends as to what's going on in the United States right now. So I can only say this, and I'll, and I'll make a correlation. The people that have experienced socialist and communist takeovers in the past, they're really afraid, much more afraid than people like myself are afraid. And that's all I have to say. Oh, fair enough. Thank you for your call, Mike. And I'm sorry I cut you off earlier. Call back again. But, Take care. Oh, Joe, listen. Yeah. Uh, there's problems with Verizon in my particular area. There's a lot of people complaining about it. And I just saw a big telephone cable down. And uh, so I, I, I think I experienced it myself. We, my wife and I were in the area where the people are complaining about it. So I don't think it was you know, necessarily your part. I don't think you could hear me. Well, I thought, I heard, I thought I heard you, but I, I, you know, I, I'm willing to take the blame. But thanks, Mike. Appreciate your call. Mm-hmm. Take care. 1-800-795-9565. Apparently, there's more than one Andy in Mifflinburg because this call came in when the first Andy was talking. So Andy number two from Mifflinburg. Good morning. You're on the mark. Hi. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. You're on. All right. All right. Um, first thing, just based on what the last gentleman said as far as MSNBC, that's just a little bit of what I feel is part of the problem here within our country. Um, you look, you go back the last couple of years, and the people don't realize that the media, again, is creating this division. They in my opinion, lit the match with the George Floyd by not telling or showing the entire footage of the, and I'm not saying, I don't want to get on that and go down that road, but, and I'm not saying that what the police officer did was correct and it should have been held liable and accountable. But by not telling the whole story, we see it over and over and over and over again. And I think some of the fear that comes with this is that they're, the mainstream, the, the, even, you know, I, I'm, was running trying to listen to the program here and when you guys you go to your uh, syndicate above and you listen to the, the the news that comes off of there i would say 80 percent of it is you know leftist liberal viewpoints and and one-sided um now i could be wrong that's just my opinion but um that's again the, the media is creating this divide and i think um they're censoring uh the, the other outlets that, you know, nobody's listening to them. Why, why are they sensing? That's creating the, the, the fear and the division as well. Um, we live in a free society. We live in a free market. Why are we not, why are they being censored? That's one question that I would like to ask, you know, just ask yourself, why is it being censored? You can say, well, it's, you know, not real or fake news or, um, and let the people speak and let them make their educated decisions. Um, by doing that, they've created this fear and this stigma. They made it more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the people that were skeptical, they're just, they're just creating more fear and more skepticism towards the vaccine than anything else that they put through um, well, by censoring. Now, Andy, um, you, you're, you're, if I could just throw a word in here. Now, you're, you're saying that what you're hearing on the media, it's all, not all, but it's mostly leftist type of stuff creating divisiveness. Now, let me just give you one little tiny example. Okay, we just had an uh, election out in California 
there was a movement to uh, recall, to kick out the, the governor in California. A couple of days ago, Fox News goes on the air, and one of their um, announcers says, well, if Gavin Newsom, if he is not recalled, it's only because the election was rigged. Okay, now that's coming from the media. Now, as it turned out, Gavin Newsom, the governor, was not recalled uh, in a in a sweeping. Uh, he got like 64 percent of the vote. But now, to some degree, what has happened is Fox News is perpetuating this. Uh, idea that if the election, if an election does not turn out the way you want it to turn out, it's because it was I'm rigged. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but, you know, it just goes back to 2020, and there are plenty of people here in Pennsylvania that would like the, the election, the last of 2020 audit. It's not It's not necessarily about Trump. It's not necessarily about, it's, it's about America. Many of us have left our families, made the sacrifice, gone overseas, and to, to have that freedom, okay? And you look at one, one major market, new, you know, conservative media that is on the, the, the mainstream compared to how many others, you know, I, I get Dish Network and I have to pay to get Fox News. Why is it that I only see CNN for free, you know, included with the regular subscription? Why is it that they're uh, only showing or the, the you know, uh, the nightly news? It just, it, it you look at all of this, and if you can't see that, and you're defending that, I'm sorry for you. No, and I'm you sorry for the others that believe that. Let me just throw one thing in here before we go uh, to we break. We have to take a break. Yeah. I know that. When I go to Planet Fitness, the gym, and Joe McGranahan knows this, and they have a whole bank of television sets, I do see CNN, but I do see Fox News. I don't see MSNBC. Why doesn't Planet Fitness show MSNBC? I think because what does that have to do with the rest of the country? <laughs> well, and the way that the major media CNN and the is liberal the network put out <laughs> CNN's liberal CNN's opinion. liberal enough, isn't it, Andy? CNN again, is CNN is liberal enough. They don't need to throw in MSNBC. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks for calling. We've got to take a break. We appreciate your call, Andy. Call again, 1-800-795-9565. We have a call pending, three lines open. Join us at 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushloff, our producer is Rob Center. Bob from Pax Sinus, you're on the mark. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I feel everybody's frustration, but I just want to remind everybody we've had 
at least 664,000 deaths in America since this COVID started. In California alone, over 67,000 people. Texas, over 60,000 people. Florida, over 49,000. New York, over 54,000. And on and on and on. We need this thing to end. And if wearing a mask is one way to get through it, I don't see what the big deal is or getting the vaccination. It doesn't hurt. Okay, well, it, I agree just, with you. It doesn't yeah, hurt. And if that's, if that's only 10%, if 664,000 dead people is only 10% of a virus, that's crazy. That had to affect everybody. Everybody's family had to be affected by this virus. Right. If they but, haven't, then they're very, very lucky. I think an earlier... I lost a 33-year-old nephew to it. I don't want anybody to have to die at 33 years old or younger. No, but, you know, you, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, we don't want anybody to die, but, you know, without knowing the exact circumstances of everyone's death, how everyone got it, what everyone did, whether they lived their life uh, robustly and ignored the precautions or whether they took every single precaution and still got it, we don't know. But we do know we're going to have to deal with it and live with it. And I don't think we're going to solve the problem by rolling ourselves up in a cave somewhere and hoping that it'll go past us. We've got to learn how to live with it. We've got to learn how to take our own safety first without expecting everybody else to be responsible for us. Yes, but when you say live with it, Joe, you know, some people here live with it and they think that means just ignore it. It's going to be there, so we'll just ignore it. What, what Bob is saying and what what I think is, yeah, you are going to have to live with it. And living with it means to the degree we can, we have to control it. And one way to control it is with vaccines. Well, no argument there. Okay. Uh, but And I think everybody should be vaccinated. But, you know, I realize there are some people who are not going to make that choice. And I'm willing to accord them that as long as they don't do anything that that absolutely impinges upon my right to stay healthy. Like they what? come come to my house and cough in my face. Right. If I'm sick, I stay home. I don't expect you to stay home because I'm worried about you. <laughs> okay, anything else, Bob? We'll give you the last word. Well, everybody's coming down on Dr. Fauci about this the mask thing in the beginning. Well, he was only looking out for the health care because Trump never uh, resupplied our national emergency right. mask. You mean the mask So he was told about it when Obama he came into office and ignored it. Okay. Yeah. Th th I'm sorry, Bob. Thank you. Uh, we have to keep moving to get, stay on schedule. Van, you're on the mark. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I got a question for Steve. Steve, do you realize that every person in this world has a different DNA? Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, okay. Now, do you realize that a fetus or at any stage of development inside the womb that that baby has a different DNA than the mother. Now, I, I am not going to debate abortion with you. Well, I'm, I'm just asking, I didn't bring up anything about abortion yet. Not yet. You know where it's going, obviously, because, sure. you know, you have normal intelligence. But the fact of the matter is what the people on the left don't want to admit is that it isn't the mother making a choice about her body. It is a different body. It is a human being inside of that mother, which God had it planned that way. That's the way we develop. So it isn't her having a choice over her body. It is her having a choice to terminate the life of her child. And that's what abortion is. It's murder. Can well, you admit see, that that go. would be murder, taking the life of another human being? 
and you're doing the same thing as I think it was Joseph did. You know, this, you know, you can you can you can jump on people from uh, my ilk, as Joe McGranahan would say. Oh, you said it. That's true. I said <laughs> it. But you know, as soon as I hear you people start using the word murder, uh, forget it. I'm done. If that's the if that's the approach you're going to but take, what, what more is power to you. What is it then? If it what, if it isn't murder, how will you characterize it? I'm just curious. How okay, do you characterize one it? One part of it is people having control over their body, and you okay, know. Well, what, Steve? Didn't we just establish that it's not their body? I mean, scientifically, you unless you're a science denier, it's not their body. Yeah, Van, it's a body you, inside their body. You established uh, with your with your discussion about DNA. But we, we, we if if I run over you if I run over a pregnant woman, I'm going to be charged with two murders. Hmm. Okay. But isn't that the same thing? Well, it may be. But you know, but here let's let's bring it right back. Let's bring it right back to the COVID thing. We get Joseph here who says, "Hey, it's my body." And I'll do what I want with my body, but but you, Van, you'll look at a woman and say, "Well, it may be your body, but you can't do with what you want to do with it." I'm not. I'm not saying it's not their body. That's what I'm saying. It's not their body. It's right. a body inside the body that has a totally different DNA. And as Joe brought up legally, in legalistic terms, so it's a fact that that baby inside that mother's womb is an individual human being that you can be slaughtered with. You know, charged if you slaughter a person like that that's pregnant. You'll get two charges against you instead of one. So you can't argue against that, Steve. And I'd like to just make a recommendation for KOK in the future. When you do have a guest on there replacing Mark, can you get somebody that's able to at least show some kind of semblance of kindness instead of having his raging anger toward people that call in. I think it would make the program much better, much easier to listen to it. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. we have, No, that's fine. I'll, t- I'll certainly take that into consideration. My wife probably would agree with you. But, uh, you know... Well, you know, we have people who call, in all fairness, man, we have people calling the program who are quite passionate about their opinions. Steve's passionate about his. Right. Uh, and I don't have any problem with people being passionate about their opinions as long as they don't disrespect the other party. And that's yes. my problem. You and know, if we, if we start disrespecting told, one another. I was told I can't use the L word. No, you I can't call anybody the, the L word. <laughs> hey, Van, I'm sorry. We're, we have two other calls pending, and we have to take our final break of the day. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free line generally, but I think we're going to probably have the last two callers on when we get back. Then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and general discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Okay, welcome back to On the Mark. We have two callers uh, hanging on, and Andy wants one more minute from Mifflinburg. Good morning, Andy. You have one more minute. 
All right, thank you. Good morning. Um, I didn't get the call over the mask thing, uh, and that's what I mainly called about the mask mandate. Um, why is it one size fits all? Why are they not looking at certain situations and letting the districts boards, as they did in the beginning, uh, make their own uh, decisions? Um, to me, this is um, throwback from the, the governor on because people, you know, went against his authority. I could be wrong, but again, my opinion. Um, why is the you know the other scientists or or professionals not being heard? You look at uh, I'm going to bring up pandemic debate on Facebook, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, go look up his stuff. Why why are we censoring? Why are we putting these this information down? The you look at his um, presentations. He gives medic you know backed up scientific data. Are, are we just calling him a quack? Just or just just you know excusing him because of his opinion why are we not letting his word out uh fauci with his email the other caller uh was talking about we're well, picking on fauci well the email's coming out nobody there why are they you know um subduing those um it, it you can see it clearly uh the hypocrisy that um the from the left side uh left viewpoint um somebody said at one of the other meetings that you know i've got so many parents ready to pull their kids without the district if this goes into effect and blah blah, blah. and it was about an equity meeting we we're in an equity meeting and the comments from the other part of the crowd were you know five six seven i'm like we'll see you later see you later and you know why gave, did we gave you a little sorry. we gave you a little over a minute but i do agree with you on one thing one size fits all doesn't work i think if the school district makes the decision that the masking is necessary for the safety of the kids that should be it that should be the decision i don't like that can i just throw out an out. idea real quick i'm sorry very um, quickly so I, I thought about this and it don't work only at the secondary level i used to be a teacher as well um that you know, if, if a teacher or somebody in that classroom, if you can make it some sort of anonymous, we talk about respect individual. Why don't we make it a lesson of equity or, or equality and let this, I guarantee every student in that school district uh, or any school, most of them would abide by that if they, you know, just some sort of sign or indication that, okay, during this block, during this class period, because somebody has some sort of immune, immune competence, you know, um, we really uh, we got to move on. Sorry, here. thank you. I'm sorry. We we just got <laughs> we got to go. We have another call pending. Bobby, nope, you're I on the it. mark. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Bob. Um. Good morning, everyone. You know, from being around the media, like all of us have for a long time. Of course, you know, Joe and Steve and myself, um, an organization. Uh, they have. Uh, as far as their news goes, they have certain policies in that. So a lot of these uh, companies were taken over by different companies, and that that's why sometimes you, uh, you know, go from one po well, I say one side to the next in that. You know, when you're, uh, I'm gonna say, you know, from an audience uh, standpoint, it may seem the left one minute and the right next minute, but you have to realize that where you're working is uh, dictates that policy. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate your call. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free line number. Uh, I don't know whether we can get a speedy dialer in at this point or not. We do have some emails that we didn't get to. Uh, one of our emailers says, how many people who got the polio vaccine got polio? What about measles, mumps, etc.? COVID is a virus that will not be eradicated any more than the flu will. Why do people keep needing to get the flu shot? Because it keeps changing, and the flu shot is not a vaccine. 
vaccine. Not to minimize the many deaths from this virus, but where is the outrage over abortion deaths? There were approximately 888,000 abortions in 2019 alone, more than COVID deaths in 18 months. But those little ones don't matter to most people. And we have another one here. I will get to if I can bring it over in this side of the screen so I can read it. Uh, this is from Mike Bowling. Mike says the voter ID problem will not be resolved till we have a federal voter ID. People should only be registered to vote at one location and vote where they live and pay taxes. Pennsylvania and most states have the real ID system with our driver's license. This is an adequate proof of who we are. And I can get and I can repeat my uh, recommendation for voter ID. You have a camera at every polling place and you do it for a couple of years you get pictures taken those pictures go into a central place where they get turned into a voter ID card everybody gets it bada bing bada boom well now you're talking like the Sopranos bada bing <laughs> bada, 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 bada boom. boom look um, we can have this debate about freedom of choice all we want to and I understand that people feel very strongly about abortion I feel very strongly about abortion sure but the essential point to me is if we can't tell a woman that there are limits to what she can do with her body then we can't tell another person that they have to get a shot because we think it's best for them I mean that to me is the basic point here we can talk about whether abortions good or bad all day long and I think most people like me uh, think it's bad most people like you think it's bad but you think it's the law and so it's acceptable so nobody likes abortion no Joe. not me either nobody hey, wants that's abortion. it for on the mark today I'm Joe McGran and Steve Kushloff is with us we'll be back tomorrow on WKOK Sunbury Pennsylvania